What's up, coaches? You guys can find all of our podcasts, our videos, our clinics, uh, and our virtual summits all on our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Vices. Vices football helmets are different than other helmets on the market. Their design reduces impact forces by yielding a collision similar to a car bumper. Concept so unique that the helmet was named one of Time Magazine's top 25 inventions of 2017. The Zero One is the top helmet at every level of football. Nearly every NFL team has starters in the Zero One, including both the Super Bowl MVP and the overall league MVP last season. Over 140 college teams, 1,500 high school programs, and hundreds of middle school and youth teams have made the switch to the Vices Zero One and Zero One Youth Helmets. Protect your athletes with the top performing helmets in the game. For more information about Vices technology or to request team pricing for financing options, visit Vices.com on the web, which is V-I-C-I-S. Vices, protect the athlete and elevate the game. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering uh, coaches all across the country a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one-rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength conditioning philosophy is to just maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from me, uh, Coach Harper, and the RTP podcast, or just use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial. Again, that's teambuilder.com and enter the code RTP or let them know that Rowdy sent you. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Just Play. Whether you're an individual looking for a personal playbook tool or on staff for a program looking to improve your team's preparation, Just Play has a solution for you. This week, we'd like to tell you about their newest product, My Just Play. My Just Play is a personal playbook tool for coaches at all levels. Create and organize your playbook with terminology, diagrams, video, and assignments, all starting at just $10 a month. Learn more at myjustplay.com. That's myjustplay.com. On today's episode of RTP, we talk with Bobby Peters. Coach Peters is an assistant coach at York Community High School in Elmhurst, Illinois. He's also a civil engineer and an author of several football books and manuals. Listen as we talk with Coach Peters about what he has learned from in-depth analysis of some of the best offenses in the NFL. His insight can help improve your RPOs, passing game, third down offense, and red zone offense. You can follow Coach Peters on Twitter at B underscore Peters 12. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, well, uh, I, I played high school ball here uh, in the western suburb of Chicago in Aurora uh, at Marmion Academy. Um, and then from there, I played uh, my freshman year at uh, UW Platteville, but I had quite a few talented quarterbacks ahead of me. So I um, asked if I could become a student assistant and help out, you know, kind of get into the coaching world. And they said they'd love to help. So I, I jumped in and was a student assistant for three years there. Um, when I graduated college, I came back and coached at my high school for three years. And then um, this past, uh, in 2018, it was my first fall at uh, York. High school in Elmhurst, Illinois, and this will be my second year coming up this fall there. Coach, what are some of the positions you've coached now? Have you just kind of stuck with QB, stuck with pass game, or have you had to kind of bounce around a little bit? Um, so my first year, my first year at Marmion when I graduated in 2015, I was kind of mostly quarterbacks and pass game. 
um, at the varsity level, and then an opening came uh, an opening came open on the sophomore level. So uh, for 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 the offensive coordinator position, so I decided to take that kind of you know cut my teeth at play calling a little bit. I learned more about the offensive line and the run game than I had previously known before. So that was good experience um, for two years there. And then um, I came over to York. I'm the the, uh, the wide receivers coach there. Um, I help a lot with the pass game and a little bit with the run game too, but um, definitely an emphasis uh, has been on the pass game. Coach, what are some things that you learned uh, maybe as those first few seasons as an offensive coordinator, especially uh, it's always super interesting to me, the guys that uh, do get to make that jump, uh, you know, to a coordinator position so quickly in their coaching career um, and, and probably obviously a little bit easier for quarterbacks because uh, uh, in their playing days, they kind of have to see the whole big picture. But uh, what are maybe some of the things that you've learned for um, maybe that other new-to-be coordinators can learn before they either make those mistakes or make the, the right choices? They can kind of hear it from you. What were some of those things that maybe you learned from that first or second year even uh, being a coordinator? So two things really stick out to me. And the first one's pretty cliche, but it's very true. Um, you think you know it all, and then you start calling plays in game situations, and, you know, <laughs> you, definitely don't, you definitely don't know it all. Um, you know, like I said, that's, that's pretty cliche, but, um, you know, any, any, young, any young coach that gets in that position, you know, I feel like there's definitely, uh, definitely some humbling moments that, that occur. Um, that, that's the biggest one there. Don't, don't think that you know it all going into it. Be ready to learn. Be ready to grow. Um, and then number two was, you know, I, I felt like I had a good system, you know, we had a good system and I had answers, but then once you get into a game, like game situations, things come up every week where you're like, man, I wish I had, you know, this at my disposal or, th or that. So um, just very, very thoroughly in the off season going through, okay, like if a defense responds to a certain play by doing X, we got to be able to do Y to, you know, have a schematic advantage in that sense. So um, definitely, you know, learn from everything that happens, you know, whether it be in practice, practice, practice scrimmage situations, seven on seven, you see, but anything that you're deficient at or your system's deficient at, always try to tinker with stuff in your system to, uh, you know, to give yourself answers. And that's not always, you know, adding a new play or adding a new concept. It could just be adjusting a route or a, a protection um, in, you know, in your existing and on an existing play that works well for you. So just definitely being open to always adding and tweaking um, to what you already do. Coach, you mentioned, uh, I think you said sophomore uh, offensive coordinator. Is that something that you, you got to, you know, watch a whole lot of film on, on the other teams? Is that something you guys didn't have a whole lot of film on? Uh, it's interesting because, you know, I, I've done the uh, now for a year, the JV coordinator, uh, offensive court, whatever. I called plays for the JV team basically, but obviously I'm not getting – uh, a lot of film. I'm not putting a whole lot of work into that because I'm, you know, we're doing other things and, and, you know, varsity level has more uh, things that they're worried about, obviously. So they're not pouring the resources into uh, researching some of that stuff. And, you know, some teams probably don't even film their JV. So, um, you know, I'm curious at sophomore level, did you, did you get to go over a lot of film? Did you get to have big game plans or was it more, Hey, I generally know what they do from their varsity team. Uh, and, and now you got to make a bunch of, of decisions and, and different things on the run uh, without maybe some of the prep that you would normally get? So it definitely varied from week to week. Um, some games, you know, against, against the, you know, the, the bigger powers in the conference, you know, they've got, you know, they've got enough staff where they can film sophomore games and, um, you know, have, have a pretty good amount of, of film they can trace, especially towards the, towards the end of the year. Um, so we, we definitely had an idea. I mean, 
you know, like you said, I think the biggest thing is even if you've got a ton of film, I mean, you, you're definitely limited, you know, in your game plan. You're not going to come into a, a sophomore or JV game with as big of a game plan as you would a varsity game. Um, so even with that film, you know, the biggest things I would look for are, you know, guys in the secondary I could pick on, guys in the pass rush I had to worry about, um, different concepts in the run game that would be, you know, that, that you could feature because you're not going to see a ton of looks from sophomore at the J, and the J, JV level as far as like exotic blitzes or, you know, different, different, um, you know, different fronts on first and second down. So it, it kind of simplified that aspect of things. Coach, you talked a few times about, you know, having to kind of sit back and, and maybe, you know, learn some things and tweak some things. And I know you've, you've written a few books now, and I know you study a, a ton of film and, and break a lot of things down. Is, is that something that you, you try to do maybe on like a weekly or, or you know, bi-weekly basis, whatever it is, where you kind of sit down and reflect like, man, you know, here, here's some things that I'm really struggling at, or here's some things we're really struggling at. And you, you kind of try to go find uh, some of those solutions. Cause I think that's, you know, one of, one of the big things, a lot of coaches don't really talk about it, or maybe it's, it's something that's just kind of natural, but it's like having that reflection time or, or having that self-scout time or having that time on a weekend to, to watch, you know, other football and other teams and, and be able to fill in some of those gaps. Is that something you find yourself kind of regularly doing? So during the season, that's very hard. And actually I, I had my, uh, my first kid last, uh, last May. So last season, I, I was even uh, crunched for time even more during the fall, um, you know, between, you know, working a 40 hour work week at, during my day job and coaching. Um, and then obviously on the weekends, you know, Saturdays, we'd have our JV games and then, you know, we're meeting, you know, installing game plans. So it doesn't leave much time for watching, you know, college or NFL film during the season. Um, I think that goes back to my, my, the, the, the point we were discussing earlier about during, during the off season is, is the time for that, you know, really going through your system, studying other teams, studying, you know, at different levels, um, other than what you currently coach at just to see, um, you know, what, what they're doing. Just, I mean, even if you don't take anything from it, it just, it's, you, you can take like, not necessarily from the scheme, like, you know, say you don't take a scheme, but just philosophy stuff. Like there's definitely um, philosophies I've taken from studying NFL offenses, you know, from week one to, to week 16. So um, dur- during the season, I mean, if you've got time to do that, more power to you, but I certainly don't. <laughs> I love what you say there. I mean, about the, the whole, just, just breaking down film. And to me, I, I even wrote an article on it. I think that that accelerates your your football learning, I think, faster than anything is just sitting and watching games and completely immersing it and breaking down. I mean, I'm I'm not saying you have to pad games or things like that, but you know, even for me, it's just you know putting a game into huddle and, and staying sharp on wh- what I call things, what's a coverage, what's a front. You know, starting to see you know when, when you watch enough, you start to see some of the you know similarities. Like yourself, you're saying I watch team week one through sixteen you really find out what their, their main emphasis is or who they're going to go to in certain situations. I mean, you start to really pick up on some of those, you know, big concepts and tendencies that they really have. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that. And, you know, you, you know, I've, you know it's, you, anybody can watch film, right? You can put the film on, you can tag it. But my, my biggest thing that I've learned uh, the past couple of years is you, gotta, you always got to ask yourself the why. And like you said, you don't have to necessarily pad it. But if you're asking yourself the why and you've got a notepad and you're just jotting down notes like big picture things or, um, you know, why certain things worked, why they didn't. I mean, that's 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 where the biggest bang for your buck is when it comes to that stuff, in my opinion. Coach, I'm curious, like you said, uh, you know, quarterback guy and and, uh, you know, pass game is kind of where you cut your teeth and then you go to be an OC. So then you've got to learn, obviously, the run game. You got a little bit learn, some, you know, some more about the offensive line other than probably just protection that you already knew, uh, you know, some about 
what are some of the, the first things you remember learning or what are some maybe some even some things that you brought into or thought about the run game? Because um, it's always interesting to me. I think that guys that are just getting into a system or just seeing something for the first time, I think can bring a lot of great um, ideas to it. You know, I, I remember when I came in uh, to Broken Arrow um, from Houston, Broken Arrow, our high school with Walls, uh, had a completely different offense that I had run in college. And, and the way that Walls kind of had things, certain things, and, and I came in and was like, well, what if we did this? Doesn't this just kind of look like this? And, and uh, you know, sometimes that can be a little more difficult to see when you're, when you're in it and you're building it and you're building all this stuff. And then someone kind of new and fresh comes in that, that hadn't been around it, and then they see similarities or, or different patterns or, you know, whatever it is. It wasn't that many things, but maybe a couple things that, that I'd like to think I brought to the table with, with different things. And so uh, it's always interesting to me to, to hear from those guys that kind of get into the run game and, and have kind of a fresh idea on it. What were some of the, the first things you dove into? What was the first concepts or, or things that you enjoyed uh, learning about or implementing as an offense coordinator in the run game? So, um, like, like I said earlier, I played at Marmion. So when I came back there after college, I mean, it was the same head coach, same system. Um, it, it was it originally when I, when I played there, it was kind of more of a traditional wing tee, um, you know, the 100, 900 stuff from under center. Um, over, over time, though, the head coach kind of evolved. It kind of made it more of a gun, kind of like a gun tee uh, type system. Um, so, so the run game, so the way I always looked at that was the run game was very established. You know, the wing tee's got answers built in. Um, but as far as like the drop back pass game, I felt like that's kind of, you know, from my experience in college and experience watching film, um, it, I, I don't think I mentioned earlier, but I, I played at UW, well, I think I did mention it actually, but I played at UW Platteville and uh, Mike Emmendorfer and his staff up there, they do an excellent job. They, they, I mean, he's, I, I don't know how many records he, uh, you know, how many school records his offenses have up there, but I mean, they're, they're very efficient in the pass game. And I learned a ton from, from up there. So um, I think bringing some of that pass game elements back to my high school was probably, you know, what, what you were alluding to with the fresh, you'll know, bring in the fresh ideas, fresh eyes, like, okay, we, you know, we're in this formation a lot, you know, let's maybe we can add this route concept to, you know, take advantage of defenses overplaying the buck sweep to this side or, you know, things of that sort. Um, and then when I, when I came over to York, it was, it was kind of similar. Um, Mike Fitzgerald, the head coach over there, and he had had a ton of success at the high schools he was at before. So, you know, he was kind of, you know, he's bringing his system in and obviously he had a ton of success with it. So, um, you know, anytime that we met as a staff, it, you know, it was, he was, I mean, he's always eager to learn, you know, different stuff that, that me and the other coaches did at, at our other stops. So um, I think this year we're kind of getting more to, we're kind of, we've kind of changed things a little bit more in the sense that we're, we're kind of tweaking and adding all that stuff that I talked about earlier. I think now in year two, you know, once, once he got his system in and we got the players running it and they know it, I think now is, now is the time to kind of make those tweaks. What are some of your go-to like installs? I mean, what are, what are some of the things you're installing, you know, day one, day two, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. These are the, the things that we're going to hang our hat on in the, in the past game. So in the past game, um, you know, and this, this kind of goes to, to my NF. I mean, this, this, this is something I discovered, uh, you know, studying NFL offenses um, over the last three years. And, you know, I, I looked at our data, I looked at college data. I'm like, man, this holds pretty true. And, you know, I, as I talk, I'm sure you guys would agree is, is that quick game, you know, quick game, three-step concepts are just in general, more efficient, um, regardless of the level you're playing at. And, um, you know, I, I, the day one, day two are big quick game installs, getting, getting versatile quick game concepts in that, that work against, uh, you know, single high, two high man and zone. Um, 
you know, kind of taking the thinking away from your quarterback, allowing him to pre-snap, have a general idea where the ball is going to go, but also giving him answers and backside tags. Um, you know, if the defense covers that stuff up, if they rotate or if they double team the guy that's supposed to be the first read, um, that's kind of principally what, you know, I mean, that's basically, you could boil the whole offensive system down to that, but I think that's, you know, the core of, of what I want to get in day one, day two. With quick game then, are you guys, is it old school kind of uh, protection? You know, is it full slide back on the edge? Are you guys taking a short set, aggressive? Um, do you guys cut? I mean, there's so, so many different ways that, that teams do protect quick game, or have you kind of uh, evolved your quick game into basically strictly RPO where maybe you're locking a, a backside tackle? I'm always interested to hear coaches talk about that. Yeah, so I think in the in the four years and even going back to my playing days, I mean, we've done all the above. We've full, we've full slid, we've half half man, half slide. Um, you know, we we've cut two, um, and then also, um, you know, being being with uh, Coach Fitzgerald over at York, he's a big RPO guy. So um, that we definitely do some art. We definitely RPO stuff too. Um, you know, day day one, day two, we don't spend a ton of time uh, working the RPO reads. We we kind of install it simply as quick game with our quick game protection, um, and and then you know we. Maybe the second or third week, uh, you know, we start introducing the, you know, the kind of the downfield RPOs because we do put in like, like you know, the bubble screens and the and the now screens early early on the first couple of days. But as far as like you know, tagging quick like other, you know, more downfield quick game stuff like you know slants or hitches or you know the different things that we do. That's um def- that's something we we kind of focus on on later. But we definitely include all those elements in what we do. What have you seen, Coach, that you felt that was, was probably the most effective when you guys do protect quick game? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if I've, I've spent a ton of time thinking about it. Um, I, I don't know if I can give you a solid answer on that. I'm sorry. I don't say you're fine. I mean, I'd say I, I, I've always kind of been fascinated with it because it, there's just so many different, different theories, you know, based out of it. You know, a lot of guys – you know, they, they love the full slide because it gets the tackle out of the way and you put the, the back on the edge and usually you have a pretty good window to build a throw, you know, especially, you know, away from your slide side. But now it, it maybe it limits you because when I try to throw to the backside of it and I got to throw over the top of my slide, if I don't have a tall QB, sometimes it's hard to see some of those reads. And then the other, other guys I've heard, you know, well, when we do our normal, you know, man and sort and, uh, and we take our normal, you know, drops, there might be some pretty good windows, but now we got to worry about guys getting their hands down. So then they're like, well, let's cut. And then I watched, I watched Nebraska last year try to cut, and I think they quit about midseason because their quarterback got hit about seven times. And they're like, dude, we can't do this anymore. So, like I said, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's – To me, it's kind of a I fascinating mean, I think, thing that I, I don't – you know, I've never really seen a coach come flat out and say – I mean, even like O-line coaches I've talked to, they – it seems like that it's a it's a topic that they're kind of wishy washy on, and you know what? I might even throw it to Harper. Like, how did they protect it at Houston? You talking? Quick, yeah, I mean, from quick my- game walls. Yeah, just like regular quick game. If you guys have like a quick game protection. Yeah, it was all. Um, it was just all uh, tight sets. But even our quick game stuff wasn't that. It uh, wasn't jump sets. I mean, it was. Um, you know, we're taking three or four kicks back on our our deep stuff and on our uh 60s protection or 50s depending on the year uh or 500 or 600 series uh it was uh you know taking two kicks so even our our you know short game you know quick game stuff was still fairly deep in my opinion yeah i mean honestly you know i mean we've never had issues with it so i've never had to think about it you know like that's i don't, I don't know about your guys and your your experiences with it but um 
you know, anytime, anytime we got quick game, if that ball's not out right away, I mean, it's not the offensive line or a protection issue. That's, that's either on the quarterback, the receiver, or the coach called the wrong play. So, um, you know, I, I guess if once it becomes an issue, then I'll be forced to think about it. But, um, you know, luckily that's not been, not been the case. Knock on wood, man. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I just find it fascinating because I mean, I've, I've seen so many different ways and I guess it's, it's a question I've always kind of pondered. It's like, man, there's, there's really no, uh, no exact answer. It's kind of what everybody's preference is. And, and, you know, it's, it's always usually, I was probably always the guy in the background asking like, why? I mean, literally when we ran it, I, I ran the exact same protection as I normally do with my drop back. So I really didn't worry about it too much. Well, that's what I was going to say. Walls, yeah. like even where we are now, I don't, you know, we don't throw a whole lot. It might change here in a few years if we start throwing a little bit more, but we don't throw a whole lot. And so our, our kids, you know, they, they know the guys maybe a little bit, he's not going to drop as much the quarterback, but uh, very few, if any of our short, uh, you know, quick games under center, it's all out of gun. So they're all for the most part taking the same sets. Um, and, you know, and if we want them to change their past sets, uh, then we'll basically call play action, you know, stuff to to um, short set guys. And so, um, or, or, you know, jump set them. So all of our protection, you know, at the high school level here is is basically all the same. I mean, it's it's um, going to be at the same depth and, um, you know, which maybe isn't the best or something we maybe need to look at. But uh, as coaches said, we haven't run into a bunch of big issues with it. And honestly, we're not a, a huge passing team. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of is, is the juice juice worth the squeeze uh, in some of those areas for us yeah I think that's I think that's a good point I think you know big picture you got to take into account um, you know what you just said about scheme if you're a heavy run team you know and, and you don't throw the ball a ton well what, why are you going to have like five or six different protections I mean you might as well just have one you know because your offensive line's worried about you know they're learning and, and seeing all the different run schemes that, that you're running but if you're a heavy passing team you probably need more protections because you got to have different answers. You got to have different looks for, for uh, defensive fronts and, you know, being able to handle different, different blitzes. I think too, I mean, you brought up a good point too, Harp is, is I mean, a lot of the games played out of the shotgun now too. And I think a lot of, you know, maybe some of the, the older school coaches. And I know when I was, was growing up and learning the West coast system, that was all based under center. So, you know, a guy's having to take a three-step drop under center, the launch point's a little bit different. And they're probably more worried now about guys being in their face if I'm taking a regular deep set. So, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, if you're under center, you, you dang sure better know that it's, it's quick game because if not, you're on the quarterback's toes, you know. But I think if you're in gun, like coach said, it, you know, it's at Houston, anyways, it was so, it was out so fast. And, and I don't profess to know much that was going on at Houston behind uh, our, our, you know, our schemes for the offensive line. Uh, all that stuff the quarterbacks did was was unreal. Who knows what was going on back there? You know, they were chunking it around. But, um, you know, in the gun, you're not going to step on his toes. He's going to get the ball out quick. You'd get beat. Quarterbacks still throw it. But uh, under center, you'd better know. And I think I even went uh, – you know, I watched one video. I don't remember what it was. And the guy was like, hey, we can talk about all this we want. But what you really need to know and what you need to talk about day one with you and your coaches is uh, what are you going to do when you get – when you're under center throwing the ball – and you get mugged linebackers, you know, and, and they're both going to blitz. How are you going to protect that? Because the same thing you said, you know, if you're in the gun, tailback takes one, your center slides the other one, there's no big deal. But as soon as he's now under center, now everything changes. And so, um, you know, I think that a lot of it comes down to, hey, are you you're going to be under center and throw? If so, then we better start looking at some of that stuff. If you're not, um, you know, maybe you want to know launch points a little bit more. 
uh, for your offensive line, but um, you're not as worried about it, you know, maybe killing a play. No, all great, fascinating stuff, man. Holy cow, I didn't think quick game would, uh, would lead us down the rabbit hole of here's why teams have gone to the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, what do you, if, if you do run into any, um, you, know, you know, quick game can sometimes, um, you know, depending on how teams play it, um, it, it can be a little more difficult. What are some of the things that you like to start going to when, when quick game, uh, when maybe a defense says, hey, that's the kind of thing we want to shut down, we, we want to stop their quick game, we want to make them, uh, you know, beat us deeper down the field. What are, what are some things that you look to go to uh, at that point? Asking as a, as a guy, an elementary guy that knows almost nothing about the pass game, me and myself. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, it, it depends. It depends what, what you know specifically the defense is doing to slow down quick game. I mean, are they going to too, are they going to too high cover two, um, you know, and pressing their corners? I mean, that's you know, if we think about it, most of the quick game stuff is is designed for you know your hitches, um, you know, slant flat. Like a lot of that stuff is designed to to attack single high structures. So when you see that cover two, you got two high safeties. I think one of the answers has to be running the ball. Um, you know, if that's especially on early downs when you're running a lot of this stuff is. Um, yeah, that's got to be an answer as well. Um, number two, a lot of the quick game stuff, if you're seeing, you know, heavy leverage one way or the other, um, you know, you, you can call, you can call different concepts. So if you're seeing, you know, uh, a ton of inside leverage, you know, let's say, say you're playing a quarters team and you got inside leverage, um, you know, a corner playing inside leverage at like six or seven and, you know, you're a big double slants team or you're a big, uh, you know, five and in team, we call that a thin route. Um, you know, if, if you, if you run a lot of that, then, um, you know, you probably, you probably got to look at, at different, at different cuts. So, so something we look at are, you know, like out cuts at like, uh, like five or six yards, uh, take advantage of that leverage. Um, and then once you get, once you get some of that stuff going and you, you start running it a few times and, you know, if they're, if they're, uh, you know, playing aggressively, they're trying to jump your brakes quick, uh, quickly, you know, the hitch and goes, the, the slow goes, the out and ups, like all that stuff comes into play then too. So, um, you know, I, that, the double moves definitely definitely require coaching too. You know, it's hard to just draw it up on the sideline, you know, on a Friday night and be like, Hey, they're taking away our quick game. We got to, you know, do something, you know, that's, that's, that's stuff that we install early and, and try to practice and make sure our guys understand the technique and the timing and our quarterbacks understand the danger players on, on those, uh, on those route concepts as well. Uh Oh, talking Finn, you're talking uh, coach Walls's language now. Mm. that's uh Finn is is one of Walls's favorites and and uh that, you know I'm so I was trying to learn the the past game and so uh that that was the very first route very first few concepts were all with with Finn routes in them coach so I actually know a little what you're talking about when you when you start talking Finn yeah it's it's a nice uh it's a nice change up uh you know for the traditional slant you know especially against these quarters teams if you're if you've got that safety you know, kind of flat foot reading at, at 10 yards, you know, if you run a traditional slant route, you're literally, you're aiming for that safety. Yep. Um, so if, if you see a lot of quarters and you still like those slant cuts, your receivers catch the ball well, you got a quarterback that throws it well, um, you know, flattening that off and, and running a five yard in route um, is, is something that's a nice adjustment to that. Well, and uh, obviously, obviously in walls, you can talk about it more because you actually know, but just from what I've basically been told by walls, you know, is there so many things that you can kind of do with the fin routes on the outside too, probably in the inside, I'm assuming too. But, you know, when you get that three by one and you can, you know, send the inside receiver vertical or, um, you know, a bunch of different things that you can do with them, I'm sure. But, you know, that vertical and then the two fin routes on the outside have been 
uh, from all the, the video I've, I've uh, watched from Walls. And then, uh, you know, he teaches me stuff. So then I try to learn as a quarterback. So I honestly, as, as nerdy as it is, and all the coaches I think think it's dumb, but I go to Madden. I find route, I find concepts that are close, and then I audible to exactly what I want and start seeing, okay, what would they be looking at? What would they be reading? Um, and, and I've gotten pretty good at, run, at running the, the two fins on the outside and the inside guy going vertical or um, running a corner. Yeah, and I think I know you're joking when you say, you know, when you, when you bring up Madden, but, I mean, honestly, when I was younger, you know, I would use Madden, like, as a, as a quarterback. Like, no, I really do. I, I, I'm not even joking. I use it. I mean, I, you know, I, I mostly I'm playing. It's fun. But uh, when it's time to throw the ball, that's, that's what I do. I try to find, you know, or if I'm really trying to learn the pass, pass game and I just kind of want to have some fun, I'll go with a, um, empty and I'll just start doing all different concepts that I've been told I'll run it all the way down the field and for three or four games and literally try to kind of learn different things that I can do with it and with different ways I can make different guys do things and obviously it's not completely accurate but gives me a little bit of a feel and kind of ingrains it into my brain really and it's fun to do yeah and you know I think it's a great I mean for quarterbacks too to understand timing and the progressions and how things work you know getting your plays in there and um, you know the guys over at Madden they're doing a much you know lately I mean uh, you know, some of those playbooks on there are starting to look more and more like actual NFL playbooks as far as the concepts are on there. You know, I think the last Madden that I purchased was, oh, geez, either Madden 08 or Madden 09. So I haven't purchased one in a while. But Oh, no, that's seeing, blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, I had time, if I had time to play, I would. But um, no. You got to put, uh, put the little one on your lap and, and start rolling. That's how I had to do it. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm hoping in a few years, you know, I'll I'll show him it and he'll and he'll be all over it. So then, you know, if he's playing it, then I have no choice, right? Like I can get back into it. But um, no, it, it's a great it's a great it's a great way, like you said, to even you know for a coach to test out concepts, you know, you know, test out the spacing and and all that stuff before you get into you know uh, you know a, a real a real football environment. Yeah, man, it's the literally yeah the pass game and the audibles uh, aspect of it. I think is is awesome, and then. I mean, you get back to, to talking the, the fin route, it matches up with so many – I mean, if you, run, if you run hitch, you know, so saying, you know, they, they play their linebackers, you know, where they're, where they're capping inside space, so I'm not going to run a fin route into the guy. You know, it teaches them almost to run it like a hitch. You know, hey, stay in space. You know, versus man coverage, he's got to run his fin, you know, and get the DB to flip his hips and then run back underneath him. It's like teaching a slant or a dig break. So there's so many uh, carryover concepts, I think, of, of teaching the fin where it's not just, you know, a piece of, of double slant or a piece of levels, whatever it might be. There's, there's so many skills, I think, involved in, in teaching your receivers and then also teaching your QB of understanding, hey, what, what, what space is open? Where should I place the football? You know, being able to see, you know, the, the apex players and how hard they wall and, and are they going to give me space? I mean, it's just been, to me, you know, one of the – the primo routes we teach. And again, everyone would ask me, why do you like this so much? And I'm like, Hey man, if, if Peyton Manning can sit there and do a three hour clinic on, on just fin routes and, and that play, it's a pretty good play for me. Uh, and, and absolutely. You know, Nick, Nick yeah, it's, Saban, it's, right. Nick Saban saying that's the hardest two man route combo to cover. I'm like, yep, I'm putting that in. He's a pretty good D coordinator. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been very efficient for me uh, the last few years. And um, you know, if you, if you coach up the technique, right. I mean, you can, that route can open up against, against pretty much anything, as long as, you know, your kids understand the, the proper way to, to use leverage and get leverage on that route. 100% agree. 
Um, coach, again, you know, getting back, I know, you know, I got to know you a little bit through some of your, your books that you've written. Um, and I read the, the, one, one of the most recent ones that you did with the, the Chargers. And, and I thought that, that that was kind of an, an interesting selection because I don't think, you know, a lot of guys mainstream wise would, would pick the, the San Diego Chargers. But that was one of the reasons why I was drawn to it because honestly, uh, uh, Rivers and the Chargers and Keenan Allen, uh, those guys have kind of been like one of my, my closet teams that I study. So I was, I was very interested to do that because I picked up a, a few really good concepts from those guys uh, and actually had implemented them uh, in the past, even all the way back at, at Broken Arrow. So I was kind of interested in, to, you know, one, why you kind of chose them and then maybe some of the things you learned. And then also, you know, how, how you're kind of branching out and, and building some of these books. Yeah, I think the, the Chargers one was definitely an interesting one. Um, like you said, it was, it was more off the beaten path than the, than the other ones I've written, just as far as, you know, you know popularity in, in the coaching world. Um, and like you said, I think that's what kind of drew me to it. I, you know, I, I saw some of the numbers Philip Rivers was putting up. I saw some of the highlights, you know, uh, halftime of the games that I was watching. I was like, man, like, you know, I don't know a ton about what they're doing, and it looks like they're doing some different things, and I definitely wasn't disappointed. Um, I think the biggest the biggest you know, if, if anybody asks me, you know, kind of describe the, the study in, into, into one thought, I would say um, Ken Wisenhunt and Anthony Lynn did a great job of taking traditional NFL concepts and putting a slight tweak on them to make them more efficient. Um, that was definitely the case for uh, the, the concept that I put on the cover of the book. It's uh, basically your, your traditional uh, two-man drive concept, but what, what they did was they, they, instead of having the back check release to the, the backside of the play where the dig and the, the driver out were coming from, he would swing to the, to the strong side and kind of put that strong side hook defender in, in a tougher bind and um, you know, basically getting four, four and at times five receivers over to the front side of the, the field. And I thought that was a very efficient you know, twist on that concept. And you know, honestly, it's probably going to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker because now he's got that um, you know, that free releasing swing route, uh, you know, putting immediate horizontal stress on the defense. Um, and I think they, they averaged almost 17 yards of play with that throughout the season. Um, so, you know, anytime an NFL team's averaging 17 yards of play with something, it's something that, um, you know, should stick out because that, that is not the norm. No. What, what is some of the kind of the norms you've seen as far as like, you know, pass plays? I mean, I don't know if you've ever sat down and, and, and crunched them all, but what's almost kind of like the, you know, maybe like the median play, if it's, if it's a good play or if it's a, an efficient or solid play. I mean, obviously everyone's going to say, hey, you know, it's, it's the guys you have and whatever concept. But, I mean, you, you've seen a, a ton of concepts. You've seen a ton of, of football games now at the NFL level. What, what would almost kind of be that median level, like, for yards per pass? Um, as far as median, median yards, probably any, anything that's over – Anything that's over like maybe eight and a half, like somewhere around that range, I would classify as an efficient concept for a team. Anything less than that, it's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say that's the case. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the actual average or median is for the league, but just in my studies, like looking at, you know, efficiencies, you know, I, in each book, I break them down by, you know, first down efficiency, um, second and six to one, and then seven, uh, second down and seven plus. And then I also look at third down and red zone, you know, the, 10 and in and then the 10 to 20 uh, range in the red zone. So, you know, certain concepts can be efficient in one part of the field too, and not so efficient, um, you know, on, on different downs or, or uh, game situations as well. So um, there's even variability in that, but on, on the whole, um, you know, if something, you know, when I'm, when I'm going through the book and kind of, you know, outlining it uh, when I first start, anything that jumps, 
you know, eight, eight and plus is, is probably something that'll, that'll stick out. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, you know, if, if I'm going to run a player, I'm going to take a play. I'm, I'm going to obviously want to take something that's, you know, it's, it's been successful or it's, it's good versus a lot of different coverages. So, I mean, if you're seeing it run a lot and it's obviously, you know, being a very, very productive play, I mean, to me, that's something that, that I want to either put in or I want to study a little bit more, you know, to kind of find out maybe the intricacies of it where it's like, oh yeah, they, they have great matchups with the tight end on you know, a guy in man or, or, you know, they don't, they do a great job stretching the back. Like you're calling, like you're saying to the, uh, to the two vert side uh, and, and getting him the ball in space and letting him go one-on-one. So, I mean, I think, and, and the cool part about it too is, is it's like you, you watch that concept, you know, you watch the chargers run that concept and you start to see like, you know, where, where can I put my really good players? Cause you start to maybe see like, what are some of the spots that normally come open? What are some of the areas that, you know, I can really start attacking with this concept and now it allows me to move guys around. Like, you know, maybe it's putting the guy in the backside shallow, you know, or maybe it's putting the guy in the, on the backside dig and letting, letting him work a little bit, or heck, maybe it's, you know what, I got a really good running back this year. and We're going to run the piss out of some of these scat concepts. And I've been running snag for 24 years. Well, now maybe I add, you know, wheel post and it becomes a, a little bit different look for us. And, and we're attacking down the field rather than some of the underneath coverage. Yeah. And, and something that, um, you know, something that I, that I, that I'll hear sometimes, especially, you know, especially from, from high school coaches um, is, Oh, you know, this NFL stuff, it's great, but you know, that doesn't apply to us. Like the high school game's so different. And I'm like, really? I mean, honestly, it's, I mean, they have the same problems we do. I mean, I've talked to, I've talked to guys in and around the NFL and they're saying the same stuff that we say as high school coaches and this stuff, I mean, you know, that, that, that concept that we're talking about right now, I mean, at the high school level, you can get the ball out of your quarterback's hands quickly. Like you said, you can, you can stress defense. I mean, honestly, I might even like it more to the high school level because you got the wider hash marks. You can yeah. attack, you could attack the wide side of the field quicker. You got four immediate threats right there. And it, it's, it's a relatively easy read because of the spacing too. So um, that's just something that always peeves me. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll occasionally hear it and it kind of riles me up a little bit because it, it honestly, like you can't, you can't close yourself off to, to stuff like that because at the NFL level, you know, they, they, there's definitely more of an emphasis on the passing game at the NFL level than, than even college or especially high school. Um, and, you know, for that, that can be for multiple, multiple reasons, but I feel like the best to learn to, to handle different situations in the drop back pass game, even play action, like play action and, and quick game stuff is um, I found through the NFL game. Well, I think I think play action in the NFL is is miles ahead of uh, the college play actions that I've seen, and, and that could be way off. You know, there's only so much film I can watch around here of of, and mostly it's it's not breaking down film; it's just kind of watching college games. But uh, you see some really big intricacies in, in the play action uh, play action game of of the NFL, and so that's what I really enjoy watching. Is and for me, it's more. Uh, protection and stuff that I'm looking at, but uh, you can definitely see a lot more protections play action wise in, in the NFL, in my opinion. And, and something that Walls has always said now, uh, again, is something that I've adopted is like, uh, you know, always the big argument with technique or scheme or whatever it is, is, is there's a lot of, like you said, high school coaches that say, um, you know, oh, the, they're, they're NFL players. So of course they can do it, but we can't, we're not NFL guys. But the coolest part about it, and, you know, there's even guys that say we don't like to watch NFL film because, yeah, the NFL can do it, but we don't have guys in the NFL. Well, that's true, but like Walls has always said, 
the NFL is the greatest equalizer. It's the very best against the very best. And so if, if you can draw up things that work and you're an equal team, that means it must be a good thing. You know, when you, get, when you can get into college, you'll have one team markedly better than the other. You know, it's not even hardly fair to have a Big 12 or SEC team play a, um, a Conference USA team because they're so much worse. But, you know, you go watch an NFL team, and, and maybe one's better than the other a little bit. But for the most part, it's a pretty even talent pool. They're both – they're all crazy freak athletes. And so it really, it really uh, levels the playing field and, and allows you to see what works when you do have good players against other good players. Yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. That's so true. Coach, what's the, the latest one you have now? Is it the Bears? Is that kind of your favorite squad there growing up in, in Aurora? And, Coach, by the way, I had to get a shot, and you, you better tell me that Wayne's World is your favorite all-time movie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of embarrassed saying that I've only watched it once, um, on, and I, I can't remember if I even watched it all the way through. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I definitely grew up a Bears fan. Um, I wrote the Bears book first. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do after it. Like I didn't have the Chargers or Titans book plan. I just, I spent a lot of time and focused on the bears book. And um, that's definitely, definitely, uh, you know, if, if I had to recommend purchasing one to anybody, I would recommend the bears, the bears book, just cause it's, it's nearly 300 pages. And I go into very extreme detail about the schemes. Um, you know, I deem it, I deem it as a manual, right? Like I, I explain things and I talk about why they, why things worked, why they didn't um, the Chargers and Titans books, the Titans being the most recent, um, those are, those are what I refer to as indexes and it, they're quite literally indexes, right? Like I've got the plays drawn up. I've got the, uh, the charts, like where you can find them on film. Um, you know, if you have the ability and the want to do so. And then I also have the efficiency charts that I alluded to earlier. Um, they're still, they're still very useful books, but if you're looking for just one to purchase, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the, the in-depth, uh, the depth of the analysis, as well as, um, you know, Matt Nagy's scheme is, is very, uh, you know, he, he, he was a lot of fun to study, both run game and pass game. I mean, their run game was incredibly diverse, incredibly detailed. I mean, they, they ran a ton of different RPOs. And then obviously the pass game. I mean, um, he, he schemed open receivers for, for Mitch Trubisky throughout the year. Um, I, I'd, hate, I'd hate to see what, what, what that offense would have looked like. I mean, I guess we could look to 2017, right, what that offense looked like, um, you know, when guys weren't schemed open. So I think he, he made a world of a difference. Um, for the Bears as far as a scheme standpoint last year what were some of the things that he did I was going to ask about him like as I was going to ask that was my question like for you know being naggy I mean I think he's an unbelievable play caller and he seems like an unbelievable dude but what what are some of the things you've noticed yeah so he you know you know it's it's very well known that he comes from the Andy Reid tree so there's a lot there's a lot of similarities to the stuff that you know the Chiefs and then also the Eagles you know with Doug Peterson being an Andy Reid guy um, but obviously, you know, every coach puts their own spin on the system that they come from, you know, they're not going to run it verbatim. Um, I think Matt Nagy, what, what struck me that really jumped out to me, um, studying his, his offense. Um, and obviously I'm a pass game guy. So of course I'm going to talk about pass game. Right. But the, uh, the cover image for the book is, uh, what I deem is, uh, the HB read concept with uh, a backside spot dig. Um, so what it is, is, this is this was probably the the most used dropback pass concept they used throughout the year, and it was incredibly efficient for them. Um, so they they run it out of a a three man bunch. They'll they'll tighten the the single receiver split as well. So you got a you know a bunch to a condensed bunch to one side, and then a single receiver tight to the other. Um, the single receiver will run a corner route. Um, he'll flatten it out against uh, against soft coverage, and then the the running back typically it was Tariq Cohen. 
um, last year for them would, would arc release out of the backfield and run a, a two-way go option route. He could either cut to the flat or, uh, or keep it skinny and run like kind of like a slant uh, or not quite an angle route, but um, similar to an angle route as far as the, the path that he would take. And then on the backside of the concept, you'd have uh, the number one would run a, a snag route, number two would run a dig, and number three would run a bubble. So the, the primary on the play would be Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. Um, and, it, you know, probably 80, 80 to 85 percent of the time the ball would go to him. Um, when he would get double teamed is where, you know, Trubisky would look either to that corner route or he would progress to the backside dig to this uh, dig to snag to, to the, the bubble as a check down all the way to the sideline. He actually hit that a couple of times uh, uh, and picked up some key for third downs with that uh, with that route, too. So he would get to his fifth read on that concept. And, um, you know, the, the whole package that Matt Nagy uh, built around that. So he had double moves built off of it. He had different backside combinations that he could pair with it. Um, it was just, you know, from a big picture standpoint, I, I look at it and I'm like, wow, like as a high school coach, you know, regardless of what concept is your best concept, you need to, instead of worrying about adding, you know, adding different things and, and being multiple in that sense, build around what you're good at. Take something like, like that for Matt Nagy and have, protect it. You know, if they double team your key guy, have a route off of it with um, you know, your second read might be your second best player running a route that takes advantage of the leverage and what the defense did to it. Um, so that, that to me was definitely an eye opener um, from that standpoint. And obviously the different variations of stuff he used, I was like, man, if I, if I had a guy that could run that option out of the backfield, I could, you know, I, I've got a package, you know, lined up and ready to go, but um, you know, it's not every year you got a guy like Tariq Cohen coming out of the backfield that can run those routes. Yeah, is that something that either of you guys have done? Uh, you know, some of those option routes with the tailback. Is that a if you have? Is that a tough thing to to teach a quarterback and a tailback, or is it something uh, maybe a little bit easier than an offensive line guy would think to do? So I definitely got some resistance. Uh, you know, and, and there's definitely not a ton of buy-in at first. You know, from, from other coaches on the staff. You know, especially the more old school guys. Um, you know, and especially the offensive line guys. You're, you know, you guys are like, what? What are you doing back there? You know. It's, um, but it's, it's something that um, I've never run it out of the backfield. I've always run it from a, a slot, you know, whether it be a, uh, like a two-man bunch or um, just a spread, a spread. You can run it out of a spread alignment, too. You can have number one run a fade, and number two can kind of slow play that release and, and run it that way. So um, a couple of years ago, I, I kind of played around with it in practice. My quarterback loved it. I had two guys that were really good at running it, so we put it in, and it was a great concept for us. And, um, you know, it, it's something that we've kind of dabbled with ever since. Um, yeah, depending on personnel and things of that sort, but um, it's, it's running it from the slot has been pretty efficient. Um, one of the, one of the things I've always been afraid of is, and, it, and this, this, this is where there's definitely, you know, we talked earlier about the difference between high school and NFL. Here's one difference that um, to me on paper would, would make sense as something like, all right, you can't just pull this straight from the NFL. Um, you know, it, that having that running back be the primary read coming out of the backfield that can take some time, especially if he gets jammed or if his path isn't great. So I was always fearful of, of that route being the primary, taking way too long. My quarterback's sitting on it, you know, say, say you know, he's not going to be open, you know, trying to get over to the dig route. Well, now your dig route's on the other side of the field or, you know, if you're lucky enough to even see that and you're not getting sacked. So um, I've never experimented with running it out of the backfield. I don't foresee necessarily a need to do that at this point. Um, I'm not sure if any other, you know, any, I'd, love to, I'd love to talk to any coaches out there that have. That'd be um, definitely something to, to hear their perspective on. but. Um, definitely, definitely effective for me out of the slot. Yeah, I've done it out of the slot and, and empty, probably just like you said, I think it's a, a little bit easier. Um, you, you'd have such a tendency 
and I guess it really doesn't matter if it's if it's third and long and things like that. But usually when I ran that play, because I've run the, the halfback choice, um, you'd have to almost kind of line him up wider and, you know, move him up a little bit so he so he could be a little bit quicker getting into his route. And then I kind of got away from it, too, because I, I started to see so many odd fronts. You'd have that weak side overhang that that just became a problem where either, you know, you, had to, you fan to it with your five man protection. And, you know, we had a couple of offensive line coaches that didn't like to do that. And, and quite honestly, if the, if the guy was coming anyway, I mean, you, you teach that tailback. He's just running the shoot route anyway, so we're throwing it now. So, honestly, I've, I've just stuck with, with running the shoot just because I think, you know, literally after running it for so many times, I, the, guy, the guy was breaking out anyway, you know, nine times out of ten. So it was, it was so many. Yeah, times. that's very that's very true. I think you even know? in my experience, there, yeah. there are – you know, I can count, I can count on a couple hands, you know, how many times he's broken in or, or settled. Um, but yeah, I, I think definitely a majority of the time you're right. He does run the outcut anyways. That's, so, that's for sure. Yeah. Just kind of leave him, leave him on the outcut and, and it makes the, the read a little bit quicker. Like you're saying, the quarterback does have to stand there and pat it. You know, he, he can see it right now. Did the guy expand? Did he not? And, and boom, he can, he can be off of it. So I think, you know, I've graduated away from that, but in the slot, yes, I, I have done some of that. And when I've had the guy with some with some wiggle, we used to call it. Um, I know, and Dub called it Frisco when I was at Jenks. So I've always kept it Frisco, just for the outside guy running fade and the inside guy running option. And uh, all all he had for the option was you, you were going to run a slant inside of him in empty, unless the guy didn't let you run a slant. So if the linebacker just sat there and capped inside space, and you ran a pivot. So it ended up being an, an out, but you could, you could sometimes hit that quick little looky slant, or you could throw the the pivot, and you got a you know running back. We we've actually got a guy right now that'd be really really good at it up here in Iowa, but you know hope, hopefully I can get the OC to want to put that one in. Unfortunately, you know when your head coach is no line coach and and your OC is has smashed power a bunch, empty's not their favorite formation. <laughs> oh yeah, def, definitely uh, definitely hear you on that, but. Um, you know, like you said, there, there's a lot of different, a lot of different ways you can do it too. And I think a big, a big part of it is, um, you know, the, the teaching of it, right? Like giving your guy answers, you know, just, I think a lot of, a lot of the miscommunications between a quarterback and receiver on a route like that come down to how it's installed and how it's, how it's coached up. Because, you know, if you lay out the ground rules, like, okay, when in doubt, you're doing this against this, you're doing that. Like you can, you can alleviate a lot of those issues, you know, just based on communication. Um, you know, when you're putting the play in. And then I think part of it too is understanding what you need to put on the other side of the field as, as you know, the, the next part of the progression, or if you want to, you know, if you even want to dual read it, you know, and put like a, a different, a different, uh, you know, concept, like a, a different front side concept on the other side of the field too. I think that's a big part of it. And um, studying Matt Nagy, I mean, he used probably five or six different concepts the other side of the field and, and they all paired nicely with it, created even spacing for, for the read for the quarterback. Yeah, Coach, go ahead, Walls. I was just say, yeah, if it, when it when it was option routes, Harper, we, you know, the miscommunication was always a scared the heck out of me. So I, I always I always told the QB, and I, I knew it was going to be a shorter throw, so you you could wait a little bit longer. But I always wanted him to. I'd always say, when, when you see his head or you see his eyes turn and he sees you, now the ball should be thrown. So I'd always kind of try to get it to time up like that. No one was going to be a, a quicker throw, but that eliminated any miscommunication on. Well, I thought he was going to do this. No, I saw his eyes. I threw it. Well, Walls, was that is that the same as you know you've got a lot in your in your uh, offense you know at least when you were here and, and things that where receivers were running 
you know, sometimes, you know, if they had the backside, it was, you know, Dez or whatever you call it, three different things they could run or, you know, a a receiver's running a vertical or he's running, you know, kind of towards the middle of the field, depending on, you know, a couple different things. A lot of your drawings have, you know, little dashes. Do you count those as choice routes? Um, So if so, is he doing the same thing with those or or choice routes, you're calling those maybe uh, uh, something different? Those are a little bit different. So like an, an option route is something that's called. It's going to be like one or the other. Um, the other ones would be based on like leverage or cap. So we, we, would, teach, we would teach them on, on vertical cap. If I was uncapped and the quarterback would know, he could see it pre-snap uh, or even maybe it's like post-snap movement. He could see, okay, I have space. The receiver should take it here. If the space is taken away, we're, we're going we're gonna to break it off. And then the other ones you're talking about would be like the single receiver Right. Uh, tag, tags that you give. And usually that was a quarterback just signaling to him I gotcha. what, which route he was going to run pre-snap. So similar, but, but also a, a little bit different. They're not really kind of built into like, like the primary call. I gotcha. Well, co- well, coach Peters, um, you know, I'm always kind of curious and I think it's something that uh, I've seen in the past be almost overlooked is, is how, um, and maybe I'm wrong and, and tell me if I'm wrong, cause I easily could be, but it seems like, how specific you have to be in the red zone or in the 10 yard line when you start getting to your pass concepts, because uh, you know, the fields change, there's only so many yards in the back of the end zone and, and it changes for defenses. You're going to see different things. Um, If that is the case where these NFL guys are kind of carrying red zone packages, what are some of those uh, passing concepts that maybe you see that you're seeing the most uh, in the red zone and, and that are maybe the most efficient in the red zone? That's that's a very interesting point, and I was kind of watching the. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because last night I was watching a little bit of the uh, the Andrew Luck special on the uh, NFL Game Pass film sessions. Yes. And uh, Baldy and Jaws kind of, especially in the first few minutes, like you know, they they make a point to emphasize you know the the how well designed the Colts red zone offense was, and you know coming from you know Doug Peterson, I mean the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl were uber efficient in the red zone. Um, and I think that's something that's something, you know, going back to what we talked about, you know, with high school guys learning from the NFL is a lot of those the better play callers in the NFL throughout the league, they they understand that the red zone's different. You know, you can't just call your base stuff. I can't tell you how many times, you know, in my, you know, relatively short coaching career, um, you know, at the high school level, you know, only four, you know, this will be my fifth year now, but um, you know, how many coaches just call their base, you know, their, their stuff they call in the open field in the red zone. And yes, it, it, the spacing, the spacing is different. Things happen fast. Like it's just, it's not the same. Um, so I definitely, definitely learned a ton from um, uh, the, uh, the NFL game on that sense. And, and one concept that um, was exclusive. Uh, so Matt Nagy, he used a ton of, you know, they saw a ton of man cover a lot, you know, obviously teams will tend to play a lot more man coverage in the red zone. Um, so he had a wide, wide uh, array of different man beaters he used, you know, whether they be pick plays, you know, certain double moves. Um, he just, he had a lot of stuff game planned um, uh, for down there. And I think part of that too, is you got to pick, you got to pick your matchup, right? Like, uh, you know, you can't just run a double move or a pick route for, for, uh, you know, just anybody, you know, and honestly with pick routes, you, you got to, in my opinion, you're better, your best route runner and your guy that understands how, you know, how spacing and timing and all that stuff works should be the guy setting the pick. Anybody can catch a route if they're wide open after a pick. You know, I think that's something that a lot of coaches uh, tend to overlook on that aspect. Um, so his, his man, his man, his man beaters down in the red zone were, were pretty cool to, to study. And then um, one thing is just because we haven't touched on uh, LaFleur's offense a ton. Um, one concept he used in the red zone was not quite a double move, but like a, 
a different take on um, like not, not necessarily an adjustment off one of his base concepts, but it looks like one of his base concepts, right? But it, it, the cuts are different. So um, I, it's a, out of a three out of a three receiver surface. Number one kind of runs like a like an inside, like almost like a snag whip. Um, and the number two kind of comes out like he's going to pick for him and then runs like a like a 10 yard angle route behind him it is what it looks like. It kind of looks like a post. Um, and the number three kind of runs that through route where he's either going to split split two high safeties or he's going to cross the free safety face if it's single high. Um, and the primary on that would be number two kind of faking like he's setting the pick for number one coming in and then running the, the, the post route behind him. And that was um, a play that looked very similar to a backside concept that they use. Uh, during you know in the middle of the field where number two will actually kind of pick for number one running the slant um, you know coming coming flat down and that would be the quarterback's backside uh, backside progression actually that was that was a concept they used off their choice uh, that HB choice that we were talking about earlier off and that was a frequent play they used but um, that definitely stuck out to me he called they weren't necessarily successful with it um, but they they called it a ton in the red zone um, they weren't successful for a, a you know a multitude of reasons right you know uh, protection broke down. A guy slipped on his route. Quarterback missed a receiver. I mean, they had a ton sure. of different different issues, but that route was consistently open for them. So that was a cool concept that that I that I found studying the Titans and Matt Lafleur. You know, that, that's you know the red zone and and how you know different it can be in the pass game. I kind of all learned from Walls and and probably um, of all the great things I've stole from him. That's probably one of the best things I stole from him was he was just telling me about one of the concepts he liked in the in the red zone. And the way he came about it, and Walls, you can tell me the, the exact way you phrased it, but it was basically he was at a clinic uh, with a college coach. And, and I think this gets overlooked sometimes. You know, you're talking to college guys, and sometimes you don't even know the best things to ask these guys. And, and it was real quick, and it was at a big clinic. So, you know, most of the coaches are saying, hey, coach, we run this and this and this. And the college coach like, yeah, cool. So, you know, Walls pipes up real quick. Coach, it's fourth and seven from the seven, and you need to win the game. Uh, what, what are you calling? That's you know, a great. That's a great question to ask your coach. That's. I mean, you really, you really dig in there. I like that. I loved. It. Is that what it was, Walls? Yeah. It's like, it, or you know, it, it could be like a, a two-point play, but it's like you know, you're, you know, you're going to get their best play call. And again, you know, he he could set the situation. Well, what defense then? Do they're playing man? They're locking you up. You know. So I mean, you you could kind of you you kind of manipulate it however you want. You know, or maybe like if if I if I was having problems, like say uh, Union in the past ran. You know, we called it cover red, where they'd have seven across and they're playing bracket all over the place. So it'd be third down on the six-yard line, you know, and, and we got a score here. We know we're going to throw, and, and you'd have to find a couple ways. And I found a, another pass play uh, that way, the same thing. So I'd say, hey, man, it's, it's fourth and six from the six, and uh, they're playing, you know, across the board bracket. What's something you like? And, and the, you see their, their eyes just light up. They're like, oh, I got this. This is what you run. Boom, we ran it. Uh, in the in the state finals back in 2013, and we scored on it. Um, but yeah, same thing. The the guy at Michigan, I mean, he gave us a, a cool pick play that we could use as well. But yeah, I think little things like that, just having that that question that you're going to ask somebody, where you can get that nugget or a couple of different nuggets, rather than, hey, what are your favorite run plays? Uh, zone. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, getting exactly. something really exactly. really pointed. Right, and you can never have enough of this stuff too, because there was a game, I think it was last year, where I, I can't remember how many snaps we had over ten or over fifteen snaps in like in those situations where it's like you only got a handful of calls, but like you know you can re you know obviously you, you can repeat some of them, but you're gonna there's gonna be a game or two where you have a ton of them, and you got to be prepared for when that game comes, because usually 
you know, those are the close ones, uh, you know, the close games that, that come down to it at the end. Dude, you're, you're exactly, that's exactly what happens. You're going to, all of a sudden you get into a game and it, and it's nip and tuck, it's back and forth. It's crazy. You can't just line up and smash it through somebody. You know, you, you gotta have, like you said, a, a, a menu of plays that you have practiced throughout the year. Like we're going to use this for, for a two point play. We're going to use these, these plays to, to score. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, even in college, you get into, well, hell, let's, let's just say high school, you get into overtime and you got to score from the 10-yard line. You know, what if, it, what if it's something where all of a sudden, boom, my, my tailback goes down. I've got to have, I've got to have plays that, that are designed to score, and I can't just keep running the exact same ones. They're going to they're gonna learn, you know, take those things away. So I, I'm with you, man. I think it's something that you have, you know, hell, eight to ten of them, and you're practicing those things almost year-round. So kids just know when we get into that situation, boom, we can pull it out. We can score on it. Absolutely. And like, and like you said, I mean, both of you guys said, but you can, uh, you can probably pair those up with something that looks like it as well. You know, I know just like you said, coaching, you have the pick route, then you can have the fake like you're picking it and, and, and hit it behind them. And then, uh, you know, walls like to I think run that corner and then he'd also run the corner post um, as well. You know, there's four different plays but at least they're kind of running off of each other. And, and if you have shown something a bunch throughout the year, now you hit them with it looks like one, but then it, it takes advantage of, of where they're going to overplay it. And it's, a, it's, a, it's not that, you know, expensive because it's off of, you know, the same play you guys have been running. Heck, yeah, man. It becomes real easy. And, and literally with those plays too, you know, everyone's like, well, i got to spend a, a bunch of time on it. You really don't because you're probably only going to have one guy that you have to teach run that route. Because everyone's like, oh, the ball's going to this guy, so I just need to teach him the double move. Or I need to teach, you know, the, the, the secondary guy that's running it, hey, if, if they take him away, make sure you're in the end zone, make sure you're going to get to this spot. So I think, you know, the, the right. teaching of it, you can do a lot of that stuff during, like, special teams. You know, nobody, the quarterback's not playing special teams. And, you know, unless your kids, your good kid's a, a return guy or something like that, so maybe he's do, they're working on punt team, he's not on punt team. Pull those guys over for five minutes, and all of a sudden now, you can steal, you know, five, six, seven, eight reps and, and guys aren't getting gassed. And, and now you can pull that thing out anytime you want. And that, that kind of reminded me of, of, you know, another, another one of my uh, pet peeves in coaching or, you know, in football is, you know, you get a quarterback down the red zone, he holds on to the ball, he takes a sack or, you know, he makes that throw and throws an interception, you know, inside the 10 yard line. And, you know, as coaches, you know, we know those things fire us up. Right. But, you got to look in the mirror sometimes too and be like, okay, am I giving my quarterback like a full field progression, like a five man progression down there? You know, of course he mm-hmm. might take a sack if that's the case. Cause he's going through his reads. You got to, you have to call, you have to design plays and call concepts that, that a force, force him to get rid of the ball. Um, you know, either early or B, you know, something that if something's not there, or he's unsure, you know, you know, have a, you know, you obviously tell him to scramble or, or have a check down built in immediately uh, to get that ball out of his hands quicker because you know, there's definitely times where, you know, where I'm watching film, you know, no matter what level, you know, NFL, high school or college. And it's like, okay, the quarterback's not at fault for taking a sack there. It's the, A, the design of the play, um, you know, it, the design of the play, or, you know, obviously if, uh, you know, the, they, they get a free rusher at him, but you got to have that stuff built in. I think that's definitely something when you're, when you're creating a red zone passing game, that's something that should be at the forefront of your mind. Well, and I think it's something that definitely, you know, has to be worked in practice weekly. I mean, you've got to have a, however you set it up, but you've got to have a, a section or a time where you take periods out of your day to get in the red zone and work your, what you're going to do in the red zone, what you're going to do from the 10, uh, so guys can get comfortable in that spacing of the field. 
Exactly. And can we do this too? Can we just freaking, if we're going to throw the goal line fade, all right, if we're going to throw the fade. Can we get it to, to where you're throwing it to the guy on the inside, like in the slot against a safety or a linebacker instead of throwing fades against team's best corners? Can we do that? That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up too. Cause I, one year I had a guy that, 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 it, you know, we had two, we had two really good fade guys. So, you know, regardless of, of you know, if they want to put their best, their best corner on one guy, we, we went to the other. So there you um, go. It, it, we, I, I used it then and it, and it worked, but that's definitely, like you said, if, if you're calling a fade to a guy, um, you know, and you get, they get, they got their best corner on it. And it's not something necessarily your quarterback's really good at. Cause it's a different throw. That's a, that's a yep. different throw. It's not, it's not something that, okay, even if you got an all state kid, you know, you might have an all state quarterback, but that's just a throw, not in his, in his toolbox. And, you know, you, you can't be, you know, you can't be running stuff just cause it looks good or, you know, it sounds cool. But um, if you got guys can do it great, if not, then yeah, you're right. That's, that's another pet peeve is, is when, you know, you get these goal line, these guys, you know, trying to throw goal line fades and it just, it looks awful. And the time it just, it, you, you, you don't have a chance from the start. Yeah. The, the, you've got the ball in the hash. The court, the receiver now is like, Oh, I better get on the bottom of the numbers. And he tries to outside release and he ends up in the band and the quarterback throws it out of bounds. And everyone's like, what the hell are we doing? You're like, yeah, you just put the dude in the slot and run it from there. Hey, at least you got a chance. And you could bring – oh, and guess and what? Think, you could bring a fin route back underneath it, and boom, we score anyway, right, Harp? <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think and, – and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but in my experience, those O-line guys, if you're throwing a goal line fade and your guy ends up, you know, out of bounds in the band or your quarterback airmails it, those O-line guys don't – you know, like the guys on the O-line and the O-line coaches are not very happy about that. That's something that, that those guys get ticked <laughs> off about. At more than anything else, at least from my experience. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, Coach, you've talked a little bit about your books. Uh, where can guys find those and, and um, uh, you know, purchase them or, or check them out? Where's uh, some places they can go? Obviously, I would assume Google. I, I sometimes hate asking that question because you, you feel like you could probably just Google it and it would show up. But uh, where's some specific places they could find them? Um, so I've got them on Amazon. Um, I, I, I self-publish them through Amazon, so they're on there. Um, yeah, obviously my name's Bobby Peters. Um, I, I published my, uh, my other books, uh, through my actual birth given name, which was Robert. So some like my, my 2017 books on the Rams and Eagles, um, are under Robert Peters. So, you know, don't be thrown off if you've seen that, but, um, I would definitely recommend going on Twitter and checking out my Twitter. Cause I've got a blog that I'm starting to be more active on again now where I, where I post articles breaking down different things. And I tweet out, you know, I've got, you know, obviously to write these books, you got to have a library of film. So I'm going through, you know, I've got concept cutups that I like to tweet out, uh, you know, here and there. So following me on Twitter at B underscore Peters 12 um, is, is the best way to see the, the different work that I do. Um, I, I also wrote um, for a couple of years for USA football. I haven't been as active with that. So I've got um, an article on my blog, which is, it was linked onto my Twitter. I've got over two years worth of um, USA football articles on different schemes. Um, on there like so in my blog I've got an article that links to all all the different articles I have so you don't have to go you know googling them or searching them through USA's archives because they oh, got a ton nice. of good stuff on there so I, I put together a blog post um it's on it's on my website and yeah I definitely say that Twitter is, is where you can find most of the stuff I do but you know the links to the books and obviously all the articles as well yeah it makes it nice having one you know one page you can go and, and find all of it well coach uh at- Last question I always like to ask, guys, uh, when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, def- the, 
probably the tenacity. Are they finishing blocks? Um, you know, are, are they are they moving with purpose? Do they have? Are they picking each other up uh, when they're on, on the ground? I mean, that's yeah. Obviously, that speaks to, to the you know the commitment of the players and 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 them more than the coach. But I think you know uh, if you've got a good coach, a good offensive line coach, that stuff just it just happens too. You know, it's it's part it's part of it. So probably those those couple of things. Coach, man, love it. We could sit here and, and talk ball with you for uh, forever. Uh, I know you got a, a young one at home. So, again, congratulations on, you know, have, having a kid. And I know it's a, a big life-changing experience for you. And also, you know, congratulations on the uh, success of, of your, uh, your authorship career and your, your writing and the stuff you're doing on blogs. I think you're doing a, a lot of cool stuff, uh, especially, you know, for, for us guys that are trying to learn some things in the past game. So, really appreciate you giving back and, and doing what you do, man. Best of luck in the future. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And I, I mean, I can't speak enough to what you guys are doing. I mean, providing pod, you know, these educational podcasts for coaches. I mean, it's, you know, we got, you know, we got downtime when we're driving and this is, you know, the best, you know, when you can learn in your downtime, when you're doing something else like that, I mean, it's, it's awesome to have it. So you guys are doing a tremendous job with, with what you're doing as well. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.